All right, Joshua chapter number one this morning. And uh, let's go ahead and pick it up in verse number one. Joshua chapter one, verse number one. And again, uh, visitors, thanks for being with us this morning. Verse one says this, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, verse two, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. Verse 5, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be of good courage, I'm sorry, be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper with the servant thou goest. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. We're going to stop there. Let's ask the Lord's blessing on his word. Father, I stop again and say thank you again for letting us be in church, and thank you for your word. Father, may we not miss what you have for us this morning, from the youngest to the oldest. If there's somebody lost this morning, help them to be saved. The saved, may they be edified. Father, may we learn from the message. Lord, what should Heritage Baptist Church do now, whether it's 27 years ago or today? Lord, may we take these principles and apply it to our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Just tell me the story is pretty simple. Moses passes away. If you read the last part of Deuteronomy, you're going to find out that he was well-stricken in age. Obviously, the Lord t took him home. The story of Moses not going into the promised land. <laughs> He's 120 years old when he passes. And then you find in, in uh, Joshua chapter 1 that Joshua's the new leader. He's the one that's going to cross the Jordan River and going into, go into the promised land, all right? And uh, Wyatt, thanks for coming this morning, by the way. I didn't see you down there earlier. Wyatt is my buddy from Arby's, and um, I tell you that I have a restaurant ministry. I have proof now that I have a restaurant ministry. <laughs> Yet The day before yesterday, I was in there, and I was studying, and they like me over there. I don't know why they like me over there, uh, and I study over at Arby's, and I walked in, and I said, I'll take the, uh, I always get a sweet tea and a cookie that they have there. I know I'm getting sidetracked. Just stay with me for a minute. I'm getting old. I can do whatever I want. And um, <clears throat> so I go in, and in the, in the, in the manager there says, no, it's on the house today. So I go sit down, and I, I have my cookie, and I have my sweet tea, and uh, I get done with that, and all of a sudden, Wyatt comes up, and he says, you need to try this new chicken sandwich we've got now. And so he brings me a new chicken sandwich. No, he's not doing that for you. He does that for me. All right? That's it. <laughs> And uh, so I tried their new chicken sandwich. And by the way, it was very good. By the way, I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the next new thing that's coming out. But uh, anyway, Wyatt's going to the Navy and uh, three weeks, four weeks from now. And uh, he told me he would come before then. And I'm so glad that you showed up today. And I don't ever embarrass anybody. So thanks for being here. All right. Back to the message now, Joshua chapter 1. Joshua takes the leadership. <clears throat> He's about to cross over to Jordan, cross the Jordan River with the children of Israel. And he's going to lead them in. Now think for a second here. Moses was the one that brought the, brought the Israelites out, uh, out of Egypt. Moses was the one that crossed the Red Sea and it parted. Moses was the one that manna came down from heaven. Moses was the one that struck a, a rock and water came out of it. I'm just trying to tell you that those people were attached to Moses. Th those people got to see the miracles that God did through that man of God. And now all of a sudden you have this fellow who was Moses. This is all we know. Moses' minister. 
That's all we know about Joshua to, to, for the most part. And yes, he was used of God before, here, before this time. But Joshua was the hand picked by God. By the way, God always has a hand pick. In other words, God knows who he wants to lead his people. And so Joshua was that leader. Joshua was not about to lead the children of Israel into, into the land of Egypt and taking the place of Moses. And, and we, when I came to Heritage, this first message that we preached, uh, and again, the date was actually June 29th, 1994, uh, was this particular thought that we gave. It was a big transition. You can imagine that going from Greg Davis, who would preach an hour to an hour and a half, to Scott Hanks, who preached 20 minutes. They loved me. Alrighty. <laughs> Brother Greg Davis obviously had so much more depth in his messages because of being a man of God and being older, and that God had used him to, to develop the people that were there. But it was a big transition going from this person, I'm going to guess he was in his late 40s, maybe uh, mid-40s, and then somebody coming in at age 25. That was a big transition for God's people. And, and so when we came, this was the first message that we preached on, okay, what are we supposed to do now? Moses is gone. Greg Davis is gone. Now you have a new leader. What is the church supposed to do? And I want to start off and finish with this statement. The same thing Heritage did to begin is the same thing Heritage needs to do to finish. And I want you to see the three things that are mentioned in Joshua 1 that Joshua, God used Joshua to do with the children of Israel. Now, can I just say one more thing as I lay just a little bit of groundwork before we look at these three things this morning. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, <clears throat> Egypt is a picture of salvation. You remember the story. What was the 10th plague? Talk to me now. The 10th plague was what? It was the death of the firstborn. And the only ones that were spared the death of the firstborn was those that took the blood of that lamb that was killed and they put the blood on the doorpost and on the side post. And the Bible said that the death angel would pass over that house when it saw the blood. What's that a picture of? It's a picture of salvation, that you're not saved by your good works, you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on that cross 2,000 years ago. He paid your sin debt in full. And the only way that you're going to be saved and go to heaven is by putting your faith in Jesus and accepting him as your personal Savior. How many would say amen to that? All right. We understand from the scripture that there's no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ and him alone. So that's what Egypt was a picture of. It was a picture of the blood being shed. It was a picture of salvation. Then we find the children of Israel leaving Egypt and they're going through what we call, or the Bible calls, the wilderness. What kind of things happened in the wilderness? Wilderness was what I always call it, backslidden Israel in the wilderness. In the wilderness, you have them doubting Moses. You have them murmuring. You have them making a golden calf because Moses is gone for 40 days and 40 nights. Israelites didn't do very good in the, in the, in the wilderness. Then you come to the promised land. I know we're not talking, going through all five books, of, uh, the first five books of the Bible, but you come to the promised land. Moses now is going to leave. They're about to cross the Jordan River. All right, now you're with me so far. Say amen. The Jordan River is not a picture of the New Testament, it's not a picture of heaven. The reason I know it's not a picture of heaven, because in the promised land there will be no battles. I'm sorry, in heaven there will be no battles. It, uh, I also know that when we get to the promised land, heaven, that we're not going to have to leave there. Notice we're, we're not going to leave God. The promised land, Canaan, was a picture of the victorious Christian life. That's all it's a picture of, all right? So Egypt, a picture of salvation when a person gets saved. The wilderness, a picture of the backslidden Christian. By the way, remember Moses getting to the Jordan River? You remember them sending 12 spies in and coming back and doubting? They had to go back and wander in the wilderness for 40 years. All of that is a picture of the backslidden state of a Christian. But the promised land is a picture of the victorious Christian life. By the way, the Christian life is not without battles. The victorious Christian life inside the promised land, they still had kingdoms that had to be destroyed. They had walls that had to be broken down. 
all of those things is a picture of, again, salvation, that you can still have the joy of the Lord and still fight the battle. <clears throat> Are you all with me so far? Now follow me, friend. Here's the thought. So Joshua now is about to lead them into the promised land. And I want you to notice what the first thing God says I want you to do to Joshua going into the promised land, the change of leadership. What should they do now? Look at your Bible now, verse number 2. Joshua chapter 1, verse number 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. <clears throat> now, therefore, arise. What's the next two words? Go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Now, I'm not going to read the verse we just read. But can I just tell you what the first thing God said for the Israelites to do? Go forward. Go forward. Church, I mean, we're 41 years. This church was birthed, <clears throat> birthed about 41 years ago. October the 5th, 1980 was the chartering date of this particular church at the Heritage Baptist Church. I am so looking forward to the church starting in Topeka, and they will also have a chartering date. Now, when they start the church, it'll be a mission of Heritage Baptist Church, but when they charter, they become autonomous. We don't have any control over that church of, of leadership, direction, et cetera, when, it, when they charter. All right, now, can I tell you that our church chartered on October 5th, 1980 is when this church became autonomous, self-governing, if I can say birthed per se. And I'm, I'm going to tell you what a wonderful thing. But 41 years later, this church is still in existence because the church belongs to God. It doesn't belong to a man. Amen. And can I tell you that 41 years ago when they chartered, they had one thing to do and that was to go forward. Not to stay where they were, but to continue to, to get the gospel to Lawrence, Kansas, and to, to, to build church build, a build church building. That was on Sixth uh, and Folks Road. Uh, to build a church building and to, to get people added to the church. Can I tell you that our goal still hasn't changed? Heritage needs to continue to go forward. Amen. We need to go forward in ministries. This, this church plant is part of going forward. That's what it is. We're not dead. We need to stay alive. You know what life is? Life is when people get saved. That's why it's called being born again. Life. Life is given. New life is given. Spiritual life is given. That's why we need to continue to get the gospel to the world. That means we do it on Thursday nights when a person knocks the door. On a Saturday morning, yesterday morning, six, uh, seven of us went out uh, door knocking in Topeka and three people accepted Christ as their Savior. Can I tell you that's the life of the church, by the way? When this church stop, stops trying to get the gospel to a lost and dying world, then this church ceases to exist. Just want to tell you something. We don't want to be in the wilderness. We want to be in the promised land. And the problem, promised land is not without fight and struggle. But you know what it is about the promised land? You continue to go forward. So guess what Israel did? They crossed the Jordan River. Guess what Israel did? They attacked Jericho. Guess what Israel did? They attacked Ai. Guess what Israel did? 42 nations were destroyed. And I want to tell you why. Because they got a command from God given to Joshua to tell the people, Moses is dead. What should we do now? Go over. Go over. Hey, listen to me, church family. In your own personal life, you don't want to just exist or stagnate. I believe every Christian is in, is in one of three stages. Either, either you're going backwards, that means you're backsliding as a Christian, you're letting the devil have the victory in your life. Or number two, you're not moving. You're maintaining, but you're not moving. You're not going forward. And then the third stage are those that, of, that go forward. Now, I'll tell you, as Christians, we not, might not be going forward all the time. <clears throat> maintaining is not a bad thing. Backsliding is a bad thing. All right? We don't want to backslide. We want to maintain, but we all ought to have periods of our time that we're moving forward. Amen. Moving forward. When I first came to Heritage, <clears throat> the attendance at Heritage jumped immediately when we first came. 
and uh, I can't remember the first number. For some reason, I remember the second number. But our church hit plateaus, and we've gone through plateaus for, in, for really the 27 years I've been here. And here's what I mean by that. When I first came, there was a jump, and uh, Brother Stumpf was probably better on that first number. Me, I would say maybe 89 or 100 folk to where we got there. And then we plateaued. And we plateaued on that for, for, for a year, maybe two years, if I remember correctly, probably at least two years. But we plateaued and didn't go. For some reason, I remember the second plateau. The second plateau was 187. I don't know why I remember that second plateau so well. But that second plateau was about 187. And I'm just telling you something. We just did, we didn't move from it. I mean, it was years that we plateaued. And I look back at, I look back at the church's life, and I just noticed that those plateaus that we had, the reason I think that God have us plateau is to get us stable. In other words, <clears throat> new people were coming in and people were starting to take ministries and I was still growing as a Christian as well as as a pastor and God he knew that if we would rocket it out I wouldn't have been ready the church would not have been ready and so I think the Lord took us to those plateaus but here's what I want you to see there's nothing wrong with a plateau as long as you're still going forward now could you apply that to your own life tonight or this morning could you apply that to your own life it's okay it's okay for you to have some plateaus in your life where maybe you're not seeing as many people saved like you'd like to see saved. Maybe you're not getting as much from the scripture as when you used to get from the scripture. Maybe you don't have that fervor that you used to have. It's okay, everyone said, don't backslide. It's everyone's okay for that plateau. But there ought to be something inside of you that says, God, I want to grow. I want to go forward in my Christian life. You can read more of the scripture. You can give out more gospel tracts. You can tell people and face off and say, do you know for sure if you die today, you go to heaven? Yes, you can. You ought to want to go forward. And I want to tell you something, Heritage Baptist Church, if I ever get to the place where we're backsliding or it's just a continual plateau to where we're just going to exist, you ought to call somebody else. I don't want to go to the wilderness. As a person or as a church, I want God, and, and by the way, I know Brother Morris, again, thanks for being here this morning, but Brother Morris would know, when I first came, I was 25 years old, and it wasn't long after I had been here, I said, listen, I think we need to build a bus barn. And that bus barn is going to be 33 foot wide and 54 foot long. And then about six weeks later, I said, I think the Lord wants us to build a gymnasium all-purpose building. It's going to be 80 foot wide, and it's going to be 125 foot long. And, I, and I'm going to tell you something, some of those guys looked at me like, are you sure about this? But there's one thing that they knew, <clears throat> we were going forward. They, that's, that's one thing for sure. They, there was no doubt in our mind, where's this church going? It was going forward. <clears throat> you that were here in the early days, <clears throat> how many of you remember the times that we were concreting the parking lot a little bit at a time? Y'all remember that? <clears throat> at Heritage <clears throat> uh, over there, they had a gravel parking lot. They didn't have a concrete parking lot. So my wife and I didn't have any children. I went to the concrete company. I said, listen, at the end of the day, do you have any concrete that's left over? And he said, he said yes, we do have concrete left over at the end of the day. I said, if I kept things framed up, I had done concrete work uh, as a side job in the summer times uh, before coming to Heritage. And I said, if I keep something framed up, would you drop it off and let us have your extra concrete? And I'll just make sure we dump them out as quick as we can and we'll screen it off. And we did the concrete parking lot pieces like that. And uh, I'll never forget the first time that they came, the very next day, they brought me 16 yards of concrete in three trucks. I was not ready. <laughs> it was my wife and I, and my wife's uh, in the back there. And uh, so I told my wife, I said, what, what am I going to do? I had already asked for the concrete. There was nothing I could do about it. And I know you, I know you don't do it this way, but I knew that our, con our parking lot, I didn't have a laser. I didn't have it uh, figured out the heights, but I just knew that it dropped. So I raised all my forms 16 inches high. 
You know, when we sold the property, I wanted to be there so bad. So when they tore out that parking lot, they're thinking to themselves, why is this thing 16 inches deep? <laughs> I will never forget that. And so we built, we put, we poured the entire parking lot pieces at a time. Those were in the early days. But you know, that was God. God gave us that entire concrete parking lot. God is the one that gave us all of those things. And there were so many things like that, that the God continually to do. But you know what the thing about being a new church, or if I can say a younger church, is that there was those growth times and there was, it was exciting to see different things happen as far as what the Lord was doing, as far as bringing people to the church and seeing how the Lord was building the church both numerically and even physically as far as the buildings. All of that, why? Because it's a matter of going forward. Can you imagine how exciting the children of Israel were when they crossed the Jordan River and they walk around walls for seven days and the walls fall down? How exciting would you be? Can I tell you, your Christian life can be exciting and, and I want to tell you what makes it exciting is you continue to go forward in your Christian life. Don't get to the place in your Christian life, okay, I'm done. I read my three chapters a day. I show up to church on a Sunday morning, and that's it. That should not be it. You want to go forward in your Christian life. And as long as you're breathing, you can go forward. Look what he says next. Not only told, not only told the Israelites to go forward, if you look at your Bible, look at verse number 6 with me. Verse 6 says, Be strong and of a good courage unto this people. For unto this people shalt thou divide it for an inheritance. Verse number 7, only be thou strong and very courageous. Verse number, um, I'm going to read verse number 7, I'm sorry. Verse 7, only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the, what's the word? Which Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand. Don't turn from the law, from the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper where, where, whithersoever thou goest. This book would you do me a favor just for me? Would you just say the first two words out loud? Say it with me. This book. That's the book you hold in your hand, by the way. You say, how do you know it? I want to tell you why. Because the same words that God spoke to Moses is the same book that we have. It's a God-breathed book. According to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. The word inspiration in the Greek means God breathed it. I'm just trying to tell you that God's word is what he's talking about here. In verse number 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein. Trisha, you know what meditation is? Now, I know the world's got this, all this crazy stuff as far as medica meditation. Meditation just simply is musing. It's to think about over and over and over. That's what meditation is. And it's not this thing of meditating on the world. It's about meditating on God's word, allowing God's word to go over and over and over. <clears throat> the, the, and actually, the reason people use the cow and its cud is because that's what it means. It means to ruminate. A cow, they say a cow has three stomachs, and the first they'll chew it up and then bring it back up, and then he'll chew it up, and it goes down to the second stomach, and then he brings it back up to its mouth and chews it up until it gets to its third stomach. It's ruminating. It's, it's going over that food again and again and again. You know, sometimes the reason we as Christians don't get anything from the Word of God is you have this fast food mentality. Give it to me fast, and we're done with it. Meditation is going over the Word of God again and again and again in your mind. Sometimes it's only one verse of Scripture until you're finally God says, okay, this is what it means, and the light comes on. Look what he says here in that verse, not only about the word meditate, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Why? Look at the word. What's the next word? That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein for, what's the next word? 
All right, so the word that, in other words, the reason I'm meditating on is that I'll observe to do it. And then if I do that, what happens? Then thou shalt make thy way what? Prosperous. And then what? Thou shalt have good success. Hey, can I tell you, what should Heritage Baptist do now? Or can I say it this way? What should Heritage Baptist still be doing? What should Heritage Baptist Church do throughout its lifetime? I want to tell you, number one, we should be going forward. But number two, we need to make sure we get in the book. We need to be in the book on a regular basis. I mean, it, this is, it's our livelihood. We talk about our faith and practice. It's what we read and what we study. <clears throat> and it's what gives us a, makes us prosperous and makes us successful as a person, as a Christian, as a parent. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2.2, <clears throat> As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. 2 Peter 3.18, along with that thought of growing, he says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, the book is what's important. The book is what we're supposed to read. The book is what we're supposed to study. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman. Listen, many of you are going to get up and go to work tomorrow. <clears throat> and sometimes your work is strenuous. Sometimes your work is mentally strain, straining. But it's work. <clears throat> and you put in so many hours of a day. I want to tell you something as Christians. The reason people don't read their Bibles is because it's work. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Listen, you've got to read God's word on a regular basis. And I'm going to tell you, it would be better for you to talk to God before you talk to anybody else. Amen. We talk to God through prayer, but God talks to us through his word. Amen. So Moses is out of the picture. Joshua's the one leading the children of Israel. Great man of God, you were attached to him. What are we going to do now? Here's what we're going to do. God said, go forward. What are we going to do now? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get in the book. And, and by the way, he says when to get into it. <clears throat> he says, this book of law, thou shalt meditate therein. How often? Day and night. Day and night. That means we're supposed to saturate our mind with the word of God. We've got a new sign coming. Is it close to me? It's shipped. All right, so it's coming. Years ago, we had the, the sign. I just reordered the same sign. <clears throat> Years ago, we had that sign that you could put letters on. We're not allowed to have a digital sign out here because it's so close to the road, et cetera, and they've made all these new laws. But, but um, you're allowed to have your, the existing sign. So the existing sign was a sign that I had or we had years and years ago. It's the kind you put lettering on. <clears throat> and one thing we did about our sign is, for the most part, we always kept verses up there. There's something powerful about the Word of God. Amen. Whether they're lost or saved. The, for Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful. It doesn't dis, di, di, differentiate, well, that's, it's powerful for a lost person or saved person, but not for a lost person. The word of God is quick and powerful. There's something about the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the... All right, so again, it increases our faith. There's something about those words in that book. Listen, there's enough casual Christians out there that think that that book is some novel that doesn't mean anything. That book is not just a novel. It's the very word of God. It tells us how to be saved, but then it tells us what to do after we're saved. I was talking to a lady at the door yesterday. She said, I'm a pagan. I said, well, you'll have to help me because I don't understand what a pagan is. So she began to describe what a pagan was. She says, well, I'm a vegan. and I eat these things. We do good for other people. We're not, we're not part of a church. We don't, <clears throat> don't do anything to, uh, as far as denominational. <clears throat> I said, so when you die, where are you going? She said, well, we don't really believe in a heaven or hell. You know, we're just going to die. You know, we might come back in reincarnation possibly, but we don't really know that. And we don't believe in a heaven or hell. <clears throat> I said, so where did you go to church when you were a kid? 
Now, she's probably, I'm going to guess she was 45. I said, so where'd you go when you were a child? She says, I went to the Christian church. She didn't tell me the exact name of her church. She said, I went to a Christian church. She says, we used to do what you did or doing. She says, we went to church on Sunday and Wednesdays. She said, we used to knock doors and talk to people about Jesus. Now, I don't know what kind of church she was in, but more than likely there's people in this room, kids probably, that are growing up in a church. You go to church Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You've been out knocking on those doors. My name's Scott. This is John. We're from the Heritage Baptist. Just want to give you a gospel track. Tells you how you can know for sure you're on your way to heaven. She's 45, 50 years old now. Calls herself a pagan. Can, Can I tell you how stuff like that happens? By not being in the book. You say, well, she went to a church and she got offended. I'm just trying to tell you it's because you're not in the book. Because your spirituality is not based upon the man behind the pulpit. Your spirituality is based upon the book that you read. I'm sick and tired of blaming churches and pastors and parents. You know, the reason I'm out of church and the reason I'm a pagan, the reason I'm doing all this is because of this and this. this. Let's face the facts. You are what you are because of what you put in. You don't put that book inside of you, you are not going to be spiritual. You don't put that book inside of you, you're not going to go forward. His word is quick and it's powerful and it's it's what changes us. You are not some great person because of what you do. You are some great person because of what God does. What should Heritage Baptist Church do now? Number one, we should go forward. Number two, we should get in the book. That hasn't changed, amen? Last of all, I find in the end of this chapter, look at verse number 10. Verse 10 says, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare you vitgals, for within three days you shall pass over this Jordan. Verse number 12, And to the Reubenites, and to the Gadites, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, you recognize those three because they stayed on the other side of Jordan. Verse 12, And to the Reubenites, and to the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, which uh, spake, Joshua, spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. He's talking about this, this land being this side of Jordan, not the promised land, this side. Verse 14, your wives, your little ones, your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this, this side, Jordan. But ye shall pass before your brethren armed, all the mighty men of valor. And what's the last three words of verse 14? And help them. Now, church, I could read the rest and you can too, but can I tell you, that, <clears throat> what should Harris Baptist Church do now? Number one, go forward. Number two, get in a book. Number three, give a helping hand. Reuben, Gad, half tribe Manasseh, that's fine. You can stay on this side of Jordan, but the rest of the clan is going into the promised land that God said was for them, and you made a promise that you were going to help them. And by the way, they kept their promise. They, they went over armed with the children of Israel. The children of Israel were able to conquer the promised land, and then whenever it was all finished, they were able to go back to the land. Can I just tell you in the context of what's going on and the story that's being given, with Joshua being the new leader, you know what he said? Hey, listen, it's going to take all of us. We need to help one another. You, you shouldn't just sit back and not do anything. You should join the ranks. But you're saying, I know there's visitors with us this morning, but the bunch of you at the Heritage Baptist Church, and we use that word member oftentimes to talk about that you're a participant at a, at a church. But church family, it's more you're not a member, you're a church family. In other words, we're, we're, we're in this thing together as a church. 
We're, we're not starting this church by, by individuals. We're starting this church by a family starting this church. In other words, this church is starting the t Capital City Baptist Church. This church uh, goes out door knocking. This church has a bus ministry. This church has all these different things that we do. And we're in this thing together. We ought to support one another. Amen. We ought to encourage one another. We ought to help one another. Listen, just because you can't do something that somebody else does does not take away the fact that you can do something. Brother Morris, you remember uh, Brother Baker? Warren and Effie Baker. They were, they were really old when I came. I don't know how old. I mean, they, I mean, she obviously both very, very old. Warren Baker came to me and says, Pastor, he says, I can't do the Norton. I just come to Heritage. Warren comes to me and he was, he was I, I could guess, late 60s. I'm going to guess. I could be wrong on that. I don't know. Warren and Effie. Warren comes to me and he says, Pastor, he says, uh, I can't do the door knocking thing. He says, I, I'm just too old for that. I can't knock on doors. He says, I can mow grass. We had five acres of land at the, there. He says, I will come up every week and, uh, I will, and he would get on that riding lawnmower, not the zero turns, just a regular riding lawnmower. It had a wheel on it, so we don't even know what that is, but he had a riding lawnmower. And uh, Warren was bald and he'd put his little cap on and he would mow. I mean, he spent all day Saturday, but he would mow that five acres of land. You know why? Because that's how he could help. Amen. You know what Heritage Baptist Church is always going to need? It's going to need helpers. Amen. You know, you know this. Sometimes I, I say things that seem so elementary. When you got saved, God gave you a spiritual gift or gifts. That's what the scripture teaches, okay? Your spiritual gift could be the gift of helps, it could be the gift of giving, it could be the gift of mercy. Uh, it could be the gift of administration. There's just there's several gifts that are mentioned that, that were not, they weren't, I'm not talking about temporary gifts. We don't believe in speaking in tongues. That was a temporary gift. I'm not teaching on that this morning. But there are several gifts that the Bible teaches that when you got saved, I got saved when I was 11. I was given a spiritual gift, I think gifts, but he gives me spiritual gifts. I didn't know what those gifts were until I got older. But you know what? All of our, all of our gifts are different. And that's why he refers to the church as a body you have a hand over here, you've got a foot here, you've got an eye here, you have ears here, is because the, the, the body of Christ has different gifts of abilities and we help one another. We're going to eat here in just a few minutes, Lord permitting, we're going to eat this potluck and the potlucks are always good here, by the way. Amen. But when you sit down to eat, can you imagine if you were going to eat and you had no arms? Our stomach is what digests that food. Our throat is the track that it comes down into. Our teeth grinders, as the Bible calls them, is what chews it up to break it up. Our eyes is what sees it. Our hand is what brings it. Our tongue is what tastes it. All of these parts of the body are used just to eat a meal. Can I just tell you? that God all made us all differently as part of this particular family, and we all have a part, Amen. but we have to help one another. Amen. I look at my life and I see my weak areas, and of course I ask the Lord's forgiveness, but I see my weak areas sometimes. To me, a weak area of me is sometimes remembering all of our seniors. I said this recently, but it's, weak, it's a weak area for me. I fear that the seniors of our church would be forgotten. 
I, I sat with Mrs. Gracie Morris here last week for, for, for an amount of time. I try frequently to send a staff member over and find out what she wants to eat. The last time I took her something to eat, I went to Freddy's and got a, a double cheeseburger with uh, onion, pickle, and mayonnaise, I think, if I remember correctly. She said no tomato. Or it might have been lettuce, not mayonnaise, lettuce. Uh, one time I went, I said, listen, what do you want today? And she, she says, I, th I think I'll take a chicken sandwich. I said, well, I can't take care of it. I'll send it. I, sometimes I feel like I, f I fear that I forget, and I'm weak in that area. I am so thankful that we have a church because I know there are so many of you that check on our seniors more than I do, and I'm so thankful that we are a body and that you help where you're needed. Church, I'm going to tell you, Heritage Baptist Church, in years to come, if God tarries, <clears throat> if God tarries is coming, I think these three things are the three things that we're supposed to continually do. We've got to continue to go forward. We've got to make sure we stay in the book, and we've got to make sure we help one another. So when Greg Davis, of course, he's in heaven now. When Greg Davis left, and that nucleus of, of the church was so attached to him, and Stacia and I come in 25 years of age with no children, and they're trying to follow this person that he talks so fast. And I got up that Sunday morning for the first message and said, listen, I want to tell you what Heritage Baptist Church needs to do now. And I stand up here 27 years later and 41 years of anniversary, but 27 years later, and I still think it's the same thing we need to do. We got to go forward. We got to get in the book. And we've got to help each other. Would you bow your hand and close your eyes this morning?